Everybody, please put hey. a thumb in the air. Hey, everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio. That's right, BSH Radio. My name is Bill Matz. I almost forgot the uh, initials of Broad Street Hockey Radio. <laughs> We're off to a great start, gang. <laughs> Who among us? <laughs> uh, we had a great time on Friday at yeah, the did. draft party. It was so much fun. Thank you all for coming out. Uh, let's just get right into it tonight. We are joined by quite, and this is becoming the regular panel, honestly. At least he's he's no longer a special guest from Fly Purbly. Friend of the pod. The, uh, the first of the alternate, <laughs> Craig Forsythe. I, I mean, I don't get... I feel like with each Fletcher passing trade, I just get more confused with what he's trying to do. That that is my hot take. Well, you see, because we're about to yeah. actually good players are bad. They and don't you know serve what's a role. Great mediocre players. That's that's what you want. Lock them up. Get so em. many guys who've uh, been okay yeah, throughout their careers. Been, well, not one guy who's like, oh, now we're good. Yeah. So many guys who are like, all right, that's all right. You got to think cool. of an argument. If you combine to... them together like like a transformer, then they become good. When our powers combine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> from theathletic.com, fresh from Vancouver, it's Charlie O'Connor. I, I do want to make this point. And we're, I think we're going to go through uh, quite a few moves that the Flyers should have made. But I do think that at some point, there does have to be like some logic added to like the, the move I'm talking about specifically is William Carlson signing an extension with the Golden Knights. And the fact that you were having people say, well, God, this makes the Kevin Hayes signing look awful because they got William Carlson or a $5.9 million cap. Like, yes, they did. But there's a difference here. William Carlson liked being a Vegas Golden Knight yeah. and wanted to stay there and took less money to stay there. Kevin Hayes did not particularly want to be a Philadelphia Flyer. Yeah, he, wanted he just to be wanted a free money. Agent. He just wanted money. Kevin Hayes wanted to be a free agent and in lieu of that took what he felt he would get on that market. Exactly. And also there is, and as much Taxes. as we don't want to get into it, it does play a part. It's 41 of your, depending on how signing bonuses are paid out, haven't looked at how his contract is structured, but say he gets 90% of his contract tomorrow or the day he signs it, whenever, that's all Vegas tax. It's all, guess what? You don't even have to pay the jock tax most places. You get all of your contract here and you pay your taxes here where you are a resident. It does come into uh, it does come into play a little bit. So all, all I ask is, there are some moves that the Flyers did not make that they should be criticized for. Yeah. But moves like this where William Carlson, had the Flyers had a chance to get William Carlson, he was not signing this contract with the Flyers. So like, let's no. just Let's just make sure that we're taking a little bit of a big picture view of some of these moves. No, some of them. Like there was, if they somehow pull off something like Vegas just isn't going to get the deal done. They have other ideas and free agency. The cap space is a concern, and we make the trade for Carlson instead of Hayes. Maybe it's not seven point one, but it's, it's more than five point nine. Yeah, it's, it's six five. <laughs> yeah. Like, what are we talking about? Like, yes, I'm going to criticize them for a couple of things coming up. That's not one of them. Last but certainly not least, she is Carcillo's mustache. 
Kelly Hinkle. So I was thinking about it today, and I've decided that the thing that annoys me most about Chucky Trades... As he's oh boy, Chucky yeah. Trades. That's some real. Good, that was real uh, casual. That was real quick on them too. Yeah. That shit was. That was good. Like that nobody was like, would pick up on it. Like yeah. I mean, no, does that count as like stolen valor? Yeah, it's definitely I, stolen I, valor. I so. It was like the no yeah. frills version of your name brand joke. But anyway, I uh, I'm annoyed that he did everything so early and not even. I mean, part of it is because I feel like he's missed out on some stuff that maybe we could have done better, but also because now like we're just done. Now we just have to sit here and watch all the other. Do you really want to challenge him? Well, <laughs> I want to see if he can get more weird. I, I just <laughs> want I want another trade. All right. Like the Hartman for Pitlick trade, I don't get at any angle. I want to see if he can outdo himself from that side. I'm just make another trade where any, everybody's nothing. just like, I don't, we uh, all don't I'm, get I'm it. envisioning Craig pulling the, like, the Michael Keaton from Batman. You want to get nuts? <laughs> let's get nuts. <laughs> all right. Well, since all three of yeah, you, let's kind, do it. since all three of you kind of alluded to it, it's down in the outline, but let's just get right to it. The Flyers really wanted to address their blue line, really wanted to bolster it, and wanted to make sure they had, you know, let's say some righty depth here. Like They wanted a right-handed defenseman and a good one. So they go out, and they get two. They get Niskanen, and they get Braun. And then, <laughs> then P.K. Subban gets moved to, uh, well, he gets moved right up. To nine, right up 95. He's playing in Newark for the New Jersey Devils for uh, a big bag of shit. Uh, basically. Four assets. Yeah. yeah four assets. <laughs> four assets. Basically, so. what we gave up for Niskanen and Braun, they gave up for an all star. This is bad. So here's the thing that you're overlooking. We got two defensemen, and P.K. Subban's only one defenseman, mm-hmm. and more equals better. This than is that. all quantity over quality. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Listen, I, I, am, I, am, I have heard throughout this season, not just like this week when Nashville's like, actually. Now, I've heard throughout this season, P, season P.K. Subban took a step back. Yeah, he did. Decline yeah. could very well be in effect, or it could just be a bad season. Yeah. I thought for sure Claude Giroux's career was over three years ago. And here we are. He's a point of game player again. Should have been MVP two years ago. They gave up. It was Santini, who's basically Haig, yeah. an AHLer, and two seconds. The AHLer isn't bad, but like he's not a stud. Prospect. He's like twenty five. He's, he, he's like a he's like a B minus prospect. He is an AHLer. I think is the important thing here because we're talking about Subban. I think yeah, I don't yeah. know. It's not yeah. You but. would expect P.K. Subban to net you a little bit like, more. Hey, Goodness and 11. Hey, Goodness and 11. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's better. PK, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a, a better, better package. Like, it's just, <laughs> and, like, there's, and cap space comes into it. Looks like yeah. Nashville looking to get a little, uh, looking to get down and dirty in free agency because their window is always win now. And, of course, they're just, they have a, a, a garden where they grow. Top four defensemen. Mm-hmm. Like we go through it all the time. The guys, that th- the guys that they've lost and been like, oh yeah, we can replace that, no problem. Like it's unbelievable. Here they are, and they're like, yeah, well, you know, it's it's fine. We, we got Dante we Fabro. Got we'll yeah, Fabro looks like it's fine. So here we are, <laughs> we'll be actually good. better. Uh, like it's unbelievable. But Charlie, you were trying to, and you're not, you're not defending it, but you are applying logic to the Niskanen and, and Braun over Subban. Debacle. So here. my my apply your logic. Yeah. So or the logic you think that they're applying. Yeah, my my point is basically that like I liked PK Subban as an option for the Flyers, but my view is that even if the Flyers had not traded for Matt Niskanen and Justin Braun, I do not think PK Subban was ever a realistic target for this particular Flyers front office. 
And as I, I pointed out on Twitter, number one, once you hired Michelle Terrian to be your assistant, it was just going to be weird if you seriously targeted P.K. Subban. And you, you, you went down that road, so it's like, all right, well, that kind of rules out the possibility of P.K. Subban. And beyond that, like, I do think that they... Can we just, let's just yeah. take this point by point. Yeah, we'll go point by point. If an assistant coach is the reason you can't acquire for nothing a legit really good defenseman your franchise is bad and you should feel bad but 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 <laughs> my point is, is that it all goes back into number two fucking fire no, him no, if no, that's no. The but, but 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 what i'm getting at is this i know i so, know i know the idea behind a lot of these moves that they've made on defense is this idea that like we need these stabilizing presences around the kids to get the most out of the kids, and we also need structure, and we need discipline, and we need all this other crap. Like that was probably the thought process behind Terry, and is that like he's a hard ass and all that shit. Granted, he's not coaching the defense, but like we need that structure and discipline and whatnot. And if that was the mandate to do. With the defense, because the defense needs stability, the forwards need a structure, everything needs to just be better with the pieces we have. Like, everyone knows what P.K. Subban's reputation is in among hockey men, which is that he transcends the sport and he's like, you know, it's all about him and he he, he soaks up all the he attention. Names, he names wings of children's hospitals after himself. I, I, look, look, I love P.K. Subban and I would have never had no problem with them adding him, but I'm just thinking about this the way hockey men do no, and they don't like pk suban was not the type of person and again not saying anything bad about him saying the way people in the game think about him that i think they were looking to add like they didn't want they want this defense to be centered around Provorov sandheim like they don't want if you acquire pk suban your defense is centered around pk suban not that's a bad thing but i don't think that's what they want and i would like as just listen i think this was bad and they did bad but the idea is, and I said it a week or two weeks ago whenever we did the show about Niskanen and Braun, to me, I'm looking at these moves and going, Provorov, Sanheim, and to some extent Myers, going to get turned loose, and we have the stabilizing forces to kind of, okay, Sanheim, the, ho- the, the hope is Sanheim is P.K. Suban for, like, uh, gra- granted, if he, like, wins two Norris trophies and is a top five that'd defenseman for 10 years, like, awesome. Cool. <laughs> that'd yeah, cool. that'd be super cool. I'm just like, the hope is that's who he is, and Niskanen and Braun are just kind of here to, oh, hey, you turned it over, and uh, it's a two-on-one, I'm good at breaking those up. I, I think that's, and again, they did bad, but it's just kind of a fit thing. It makes me angry. It makes me when I saw the package, I was so angry. Oh, I mean, it's it's hard to yeah. not be pissed off when you see how little it took to get. They gave them. up nothing. But I mean, the thing is, yeah, if like Charlie said, if they had an idea in their mind of what they wanted this defense to be before they made a single move, PK Subban doesn't fit in it. Yeah, that's what it boils down to. I understand. A a player like, I mean, to to be fair, like William Carlson wouldn't really fit into it either. But But the thing with with Subban was... You said William. Oh. I I mean, we were just talking about it. (laughs) No, but that's where I think the organization is just wrong. Which is totally fair to think that. Eric Carlson calls you up and goes, yeah, I want to play for you and only you. Let's make it work. And they go, yeah, you don't fit into our plans. You are fucking up. Yeah. You're doing the wrong thing. Well, I, I think yeah. I think this is actually, this might be a good intro, because this is something I have been thinking about for the past week, and I, I actually was having this conversation with someone literally a few hours ago. And you kind of you kind of equated to the Phillies, okay? So the Phillies went out this summer, or the, this winter, and they go out, they get Bryce Harper. 
and everybody's all excited and whatnot. And the team does good for a while, and now the team's struggling. But the thing is, is that the team is struggling, and people are mad about it. And in a way, like it sucks that it sucks that everyone's mad, and it sucks the team's struggling. But like anger is better than apathy. And people are pissed about the Phillies, which means they care about the Phillies, and they started caring about the Phillies again because they went out and they got Bryce Harper and set expectations. Because the Flyers are doing stuff, but they're not doing stuff that's actually exciting anyone. No, this so, is McCutcheon, so, Real Muto, Segura. Maybe yeah. it's maybe yeah. these are good moves individually. Yeah, but uh... but, but my, my my point is this: they're not doing anything to excite anyone, and at this point, like I don't think they can. Because the only like like the big move that could possibly be made is like one of the core players getting traded, but I don't think you win that trade. No. Like it's something. Not now. You 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 do something, but that's not the like the holy shit move that gets everybody like yeah I'm gonna pay attention to the Flyers this year. So the Flyers, if and and again they couldn't really have done this because you ended up signing with the, with the Sharks anyway. If the Flyers had went out and got Eric Carlson, and then two months into the year they were struggling. I think people would care that they were struggling because people would have got pulled back in by the move and they would be they would be pissed. We'd be yelling about it, but people would care. If the Flyers start out next season mediocre if or they bad, oh two and two, it's over. Like th- no, but if if they start out mediocre or bad, <laughs> there's not going to be anger. There's just going to be nothing. Like yeah. people just like the only way they can the only way the Flyers now can regain the interest of the casual fan in the in this in this city and in this market. Is to be is to win a lot of games. Mm-hmm. They need to because, be first because, place on Christmas. Because if they're not, if 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 they're they're even if they're hovering around like in a playoff spot, but not but clearly not a true contender, people aren't going to care. Like the only way you were going to get those people back in the offseason was to make a big splash move with a player that people know. And I don't think that's going to happen. So now, and maybe they're right. Like clearly, Chuck Fletcher has decided that. I think I can build a winner out of this team if I make the right moves. And if he's right and the Flyers come out of the gate and they're awesome or very good or whatever, that will bring people back. If you do it for two, three months and people start believing, yes, this is actually a good team, they will come back. But that's the only way you can do it because you, you're not going to do it by doing that big splash move that, that excites everyone because I don't think it's there anymore. Yeah, there were, and we talked about this the way the defense was structured last week. Like coming into this off season, they were two guys who everyone said could potentially be traded, and it's Jake and Ghost. Looking at the way this team is set up right now, I don't see the move where you can move those two and say no, they got better. Like, sure, something crazy could be out there, but like just looking at it. I think the best thing is to hope that your kids did take a step, yeah. that these moves are the right moves, and that this core isn't just rotten, and you can make it work with the supplemental talent. But my point is, is that even even if you theoretically did win a ghost trade, like I don't think you could win it enough. Like For example, let's say, and, and this, is, this is not a rumor, this is not anything I've heard, this is just theoretical, just to be clear. Let's say they flip Shane Goss' bear for Nick Ehlers. Uh, from from Winnipeg. Yeah. That is objectively speaking a good trade. Like I don't think anybody dramatically wins. I don't think anybody dramatically loses. Truthfully, if anybody wins that trade, I think the Flyers do because I think Ehlers is is probably a better, a more valuable player than Ghost. But that's not getting anybody excited. No. Because number one, no one knows casual fans don't know who he is. <laughs> number two, the fans in this market are like Shane Gossipier is one of the three players in this team I actually like watching, and you just traded him? Are you kidding me? Like 
if 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 the final big move, if there is a final big move of the summer, is trading away a guy like Ghost or a guy like Voracek, like. Yeah, even if you win that trade, that's not catching the attention of the fans to the point where they're going to be all in for next season. It's just not. It's not going to do no, it. There's no Danny Briere signing. Yeah, it's not going to do it. I kind but. of. I kind of don't think that any. Even if they had signed Eric, whose name I remember, Carlson, I think it would have led to a spike in excitement at the time and maybe leading up to the season. But if they lost like three of the first five with Eric Carlson, people ah the core. Or the shitty new coach. Yeah, but Chuck yeah, Fletcher sucks. Like I, they would have I, immediately gone out. I agree with that. I agree. People will be mad. And what I'm saying is, anger is good I because it, yeah. anger is better than apathy. If they would have done that and then sucked, you would have had people screaming that about that stuff, which is frustrating for us. But at least it's an emotion. People whereas are, right, whereas right now, if they come out next season flat, there's not going to even going to be anger. It's just going to be same old flyers. Whatever. I'm going to go pay attention to the Sixers now. Bye, guys. Yeah. Well, that might not be an option either if you're freeing some of the <laughs> uh, Should we get to some draft stuff now? Let's do it. Uh, this was this was quite a draft. And again, thank you to everyone who came out to the draft party at Fieldhouse Friday night. Really great time. Uh, someone brought me a shirt from uh, this company, Awesome Dudes. It's this Flyers logo with like the Nirvana, uh, Nirvana like the face in there. Oh right, it was really was sm- it says right? smells like uh, yeah. Team Spirit on it. It was well, just really cool. cool. I was really happy about that. But just so many, we get to meet so many people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, it's just nice. it's like the affirmation that someone's actually listening all year round. Because I don't yeah. believe that. <laughs> numbers the wild thing like is i met a, a couple, robot yeah i, I met a couple of people who listen to our show who aren't on twitter and that gets Ooh, me every time yeah, blew my mind. I'm yeah. Like, yeah. Real? how did you even learn about us like <laughs> where are you here this is a weird place for you to be it's like a chat room yeah it's a- uh, anyway uh so first thing that happens cole caulfield starts falling Oh, baby. And he's there at 11, and the Flyers trade down. You can feel the electricity building in and the And then room. <laughs> he's still there at 14. Still there at 14. And we're, Charlie, you weren't there. I started the, the Foles coal thing. Uh, there was geez. a buzz I, in the room. People were amped. And then they say, when they say U.S. National, can, yeah, they say U.S. US the whole place, like, place <laughs> goes nuts. This, this was this was uh, this was Tolvan and all over again. <laughs> it's crazy. Cam York. Oh. What the fuck? Like, people <laughs> lost their minds. And I'm one of them. Listen, I'm over it. It's fine. Cam York is fine. He's really good. It sounds like he's good. This could be P.K. Subban. Who knows? It's just that, again, bias for action. This was the name that everybody, everybody. knew. Everybody. He just scored 70 goals. 72. A 72. Mario number of goals. <laughs> They're like, nah, we're taking the... And listen, we knew they wanted to build the defense up, and this kid is the number one defenseman from the developmental program. Uh, Looks like uh, he's super productive, can skate. Awesome. Good. It's just not cold, cold. Charlie, I got to ask you, because you're among the assembled media in Vancouver. (laughs) When they trade down, what's what's like the buzz amongst the media? I mean, I, I would say the buzz amongst the media it was it was a little bit of a surprise, but it was more once they announced the what they got in the trade down, like it made immediate sense yeah. because it was an it was an overpay. Like it's funny, it's actually kind of ironic that it came via Arizona because Again. wasn't well wasn't wasn't there that Radcliffe. story with um with, yeah with Ratcliffe where basically Chica was like said that well you're 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 overpaying for him but like go for it if you want and Hexall mm-hmm. was like sure like Chica was is. 
he kind of came off as like a little shit when he said it. It's just sort of like, well, yeah, like I, I, I got the like, twenty-seven. Like, I got the better of this trade, <laughs> and like screw this, screw this idiot. Kind of it was. It was just kind of ironic that like then he's the guy who's overpaying to get yeah. his guy only a couple years later. And a goalie at a no, was, well, no, that, ele- no eleven, that eleven was Soderstrom. Yeah, Soderstrom was eleven. Soderstrom was 11 goalie Thirteen was 13. Florida. Yeah, yeah okay. it was with Spencer. That Knight. was nuts. But that yeah, so then the the trade makes sense, and like. Every draft grade that I've seen, oh, the Flyers did a good job. You yeah. know, like, yeah, really good. I have ESPN's Chris Peters gives us a B minus. Corey Pronman, or who a, obviously yeah, Peters gave an A minus. A minus. Corey Pronman, who hates us, B minus. <laughs> uh, like, uh, I'm joking, Charlie. I know. Um, it, it's well, it like it seems well. everyone says we did we did a pretty good job here. When it's not Caulfield, is it like a oh damn? Like around in in Vancouver? Too? I think I think there was an expectation they were going to take Caulfield. It was a surprise. The fact that he's there still at fourteen. Yeah, I kind of that was the shock. I kind of thought that maybe like they figured, okay, if take Caulfield between eleven and fourteen, all right, we'll take York. Yeah, you know, or or something like that. It it just kind of when a when a kid scores seventy two (laughs) goals in a season and he's the size of a small mouse, you kind of. It seems like a special talent. I don't know. I guess I think I think it was that guy. Yeah. Yeah, but. Ah, the Flyers. Are it just seems like this offseason. It's really it's 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 kind of darkly funny. It just seems like this offseason. Every time the Flyers are handed the opportunity <laughs> to do something that will exc- really cool. that will excite Exciting. the fans, they just don't. And yeah. like and no, they and, and they do it in a way that you're like you think they might, and then they just don't. This and then they bias, do something that's much more boring. This, this, bias, <laughs> this bias for action is bullshit. They're doing stuff. It's just you know not what? exciting yeah. stuff. They're kind of bringing us all together. The team isn't doing things that are gonna like. T- I'm looking at this team, and they're like they're not gonna play with a bias for action. I like, don't, I don't know. see that. I, I see a team that might play well. I see a team that might yeah. play a good, responsible two-way game, but I don't see the Lightning or the Sharks. Well, no, of course not. But that, that again goes back to what I said earlier in that, like, like Fletcher is inherently putting a lot of pressure, and I don't even. I'm I'm not even sure if if the front office quite realizes how much pressure they're putting on themselves because, like. These moves, like Kevin Hayes, yeah, they spent a lot of money on. No one's buying tickets because Kevin no, Hayes got yeah. signed. Like the the only way this works is if the team starts winning, and obviously they're making moves because they think these moves will help the team start winning. And if they're right, it all works out. Yep. But like they gotta win. They, they have right. to win because none of these moves are getting fans interested in the Flyers. So the only thing that's gonna do that is if they win. So these these moves damn well better be the right ones. And let's just get back to Cam York and look at some of these draft picks here. Because, again, it looks like they had an objectively good draft. Uh, They get York at 14. He's a 5'11", 175-pound defenseman. Incredible production this year uh, with the developmental program. Uh, Hockey News and Pronman had him ranked 16th on their boards. ESPN had him at 13th. I always like THN because they give you the best case scenario. And theirs was Tory Krug. I really like oh, that. Right. You know, he reminds me a lot of Brian Leach during. I don't know if you heard that on the broadcast, Charlie, because you were there. But the immediate. Oh, you know what? This kid's Leach. I'm like, oh, is he? Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Are, so realistic yeah. expectations. The best American defense. Yeah. I, 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 I 
love when the compar- I love when the comparables are Hall of Famers. Oh no, I love yep, that's yeah, happening. Like Krug, that seems like a decent enough that comparison. Seems fair. Like yeah, yeah, he's a scoring nice two way. Uh, ESPN's Peters says I thought his defensive game improved greatly over the past two seasons without sacrificing offense. Odds are when York is on the ice, his team is going to have the puck an awful lot. His puck retrievals and sense for getting out of his own zone are among the best in this draft because he follows that first touch with decisive play. That sounds good. Pronman says a lot of the same things. York has a high skill level, but often does not lean on his stick handling, preferring to make a play to his forwards. He skates well, lacks a dynamic top gear and a small defenseman, but he can skate pucks out of trouble or into the offensive zone. Defends well due to his feet and brain. Hockey sense seems to be really big here, especially mm-hmm. amongst those first two picks. And it's always been. That's yeah. always been a Flyers. And that, that, the Flyers Rubstab, draft. Yeah, they love yeah. those guys. Farabee, yeah. I will say was, something else that you may have missed I'm not sure if you watched anything back later but when they had like the graphic on the screen when they were when they picked him it said like room for improvement defensive skills it was like (laughs) we picked a defenseman whose room for improvement is his defense it was just it was just funny Why not? You know, uh-huh. this is gonna this is Ghost's replacement right here. Hopefully, he can play right Hey-o. away for when we trade Ghost for God <laughs> oh knows what. Listen to the Seattle. Yeah, uh, the second pick. They trade up. They get that second pick. They recover their second round pick and end up moving up and get Bobby Brink. Who I mean, That's a lot of okay, can, can, can I can I rant about this for a second? Yeah. Yes. Not. There's become a trend in the last three years that every American winger is the next Jake Gensel. <laughs> he plays nothing like Jake Gensel. Nothing like him. I love that. It's unfreaking believable. Like when they drafted Jay O'Brien and Joel Farabee, both of them like, yeah, I want to be Jake Gensel. It's like he's not even that good. Mm-mm. He's a good player who plays with Sidney fucking Crosby. <laughs> uh Pronman Sorry, had, I had to <laughs> do that. <laughs> <No, that's fine. laughs> Brink, everyone knows. Like this looks like a good value pick just in terms of uh THN. Yeah, I like pick a lot. THN had him at 27th, Pronman had him at 23rd, ESPN had him at 32, so first pick of the second round, but lots of first round grades for this kid. Uh elite vision and offensive sk- uh, offensive sense make Brink an especially intriguing player. Uh high end release on his shot can get it off from anywhere. Um it just looks like a dynamic offensive player, but yeah. skating. All right, so here's the fascinating part about this. And I, I actually I just watched him today at, at Dev Camp, and it's something that I thought was was what I was seeing on tape and seeing it in person. It's just it's actually one of the more it's one of the more bizarre like things I think I've ever seen with a player in that the stuff he's good at from a skating perspective, he's really good at. Like, his first couple steps are great. That's, I've heard he's elusive, and he's got steps, yeah. and he's... And, and, yeah. and, like, they did this drill where they had to, like, kind of skate around a tire, and he was the quickest... And his edge work He was great. the quickest guy on the ice at doing that. And you're like, if all you saw was Bobby Brink skating in a small area, you would think to yourself, this guy isn't just a good skater, he is a great skater. But then... When he takes more than three strides, it's like, what are you doing, dude? Like, there's just no, there's just no power in in the in the, the any of the strides past the second one, and it's just bizarre. It's bizarre to watch a guy who's so good at certain aspects of skating, and then what 
what one would think would be the easier part, which is just straight line speed. It's just weird. It it's sounds really like, weird. Uh, everything I've seen and heard about his stride, just a lot of wasted motion. Awkward. I keep seeing the word yeah, awkward it pop, pop it up around this guy. Um, but for a second round pick, this no. I, he's not Cole Caulfield. But for a dynamic offensive player in the second round, it seems to I be... Mean, he was projected to be in the middle of the first, yeah. I yeah. think. No, there, so. there's grades you can see, especially early in the draft process, where he's going middle of the first round. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think he was... I actually had this conversation in Vancouver with somebody, with another athletic writer, like two days before the draft, because Bobby Brink came up. And I said, the thing with Bobby Brink is that I have... I, ironically, I says I have no idea where he's going to end up, because... You could tell me on. You could tell me that he goes fifteenth, and I'd be like, "Yeah, that makes sense." And you could tell me he didn't get in the first round. I'd be like, "Yeah, that makes sense." Like his his range of where he could go was so wide because of this skating thing, and because he's five eight. That like somebody could fall in love with him and take him to the mid first round, or he could slip out of the first round entirely. Obviously, he slipped out of the first round entirely. He's gonna be our Cole Caulfield. Maybe I will. Uh, I will say too. We're gonna dunk on Fletcher in a little bit, I think. But I do like this series of trades here. Him getting the actual uh, the extra pick from Arizona, and then giving it to Nashville to move up and get Bobby Brink. No. I thought that was a good series of trades. That was good. This was this was a well orchestrated draft, yeah. especially early. And when you move down, especially into the later rounds, looks like they got I, some I value like, late. I like the and I think one I like thing that that, uh, that I did like in retrospect, and I I am I'm on record as saying I I wanted Caulfield. I mean Caulfield. Yeah. I had I think I had Caulfield ninth on my board. I had York fifteenth. So like I think Caulfield was the better player. That said, if you wanted to come out of the, if you know after you make that trade down so you have your set your your second round pick that you get in that trade down if you wanted to come out of those two picks getting a defenseman and a forward the way that the draft went it actually you probably got more value by not taking Caulfield because of this because by the time it got by the time it got to the 34 35th pick all of the defensemen that I believe were first-round caliber defensemen were gone. There was a run on defense. Whereas Brink, Kaliev, a couple other guys, there were a, were a couple forwards who I viewed as clear first-round pick forwards who were still there. Whereas, So if you would have taken Caulfield, I would have loved the pick, it's called Caulfield, and then said, well, we're going to take defense with the second-round the, the second pick, the defensemen that were still on the board at that point were not as good as Brink is as good at forward. So, like, if you're saying, would I rather have Cole Caulfield plus, like, a defenseman I had a third-round grade on versus Cam York plus Bobby Brink, honestly, I might prefer the latter because I think those two players are more valuable in aggregate than Caulfield and just some guy who you picked because you needed a defenseman. Both of these guys have, I mean, York, obviously, you take him 14th, he's going to play in the NHL, you suspect. Yeah, yeah. I, if you get out of the first round and get an NHLer, good for you. It sounds like Bobby Brink's going to play in the NHL one day. From I mean, yeah, skating, something to work on. But a lot of else, got of, a lot else there. As now. of right now, the Flyers have some time I mean, to, skating, uh, to develop guys. He's, that's super fixable, right? Like I, I always skating, think it is. I like it seems like it ought to be right. I like, look you just at Matthew, get a coach. Watching Matthew Strom skate, I feel like I could fix him in twenty minutes. But <laughs> he's working with the best skating coaches in the world, and here he is, still not that much better of a skater. So yeah, I, don't I feel know. like as Flyers fans, we kind of have because then Limbaugh have. Bit of Limblom, yeah. and then yeah. Strom is on the other end where it seems like he, like we're never going to fix him. 
There's a case. There's a case. I believe in him. There's a case I've heard that like all he needs to do is just get stronger, and then the stride will fix itself. But the weird thing for me with that is that if it was just a strength problem, why does he generate so much power in those initial strides? Like that's my Mm -hmm. question because a lot of that. I mean, granted, I guess it's maybe different types of muscles, but you would think that like lower body strength a lot of it you know is that quick twitch you know you get that immense power off of your first stride and that seems fine it's this like straight line now i'm mo- now i'm moving how do i get to that next gear that he just hasn't been able to do and i don't know i i hope he can fix it because everything else all the other skills looks real good are great we're going to break for an ad right here, just real fast. Come back and uh, finish up going through this draft picks, including my favorite pick of the draft. All right, fam, we are back, and here we are at number 72, third round. I love this. Uh, this pick, uh, my God, Ronnie Adderd, I get it. He's he's 20 years old. He's playing a little bit above his age, but he's, what, 6'3", 207, scored 30 goals? Uh, what's not to like about this kid? Well, it's the age. Yeah, I mean, yeah why is The so age old? is the risk. Uh, uh, that's my, for a like third round pick, it's, there's no risk to me. And like, that's true. That's yeah, fair. Like, that's fair. Oh no, we lost a pick on someone who was else who wasn't ever going to play in the NHL. <laughs> like it's uh, yes, he's 20, but for a third round pick, uh, we got him at 72. Hockey News had him at 83. ESPN had him at 71. Pronman had him at 60. So yeah. mm-hmm. had him as a second round uh, grade here, and Flyers get him in, at 72. It seems I. I got this kid looks like he's got something. I mean, the way I described it in my article was guys that get passed over in the draft twice tend not to be NHLers. At the same time, guys that are play the play the position of defense don't score 30 goals in 48 games in any league. So like you you kind of end up with a guy where he's sort of an outlier on two levels. He's an outlier in that usually guys who get passed over twice just, you know, they may have, they may have a good year but like who cares? But those guys don't ever have years this good yeah. after being passed over twice in the draft. So it's just it's hard to find a comparable because there are no comparables. And Defensemen all scored 30 goals in 48 games. Speaking of Brink and spe- speaking of Matthew Strom, uh, the hockey news, their comment on him was passed over twice, fixed his skating, set a, set a USHL goal mark. Uh, I so don't know if I... It was just maybe it's something that simple. Yeah, his skating still isn't great. It, it, it's probably better than what it was to the point like where it's not a major liability, but even just watching him on the ice today at Dev Camp, like, it's not great. And he's, I talked to him today, and he even said, you know, well, what do you need to improve? And the first thing he says, oh, I need to improve my skating. I know that. 
So let me throw a comparable at you real fast. T.J. Brennan. There's, I, okay, you, you want to hear my comparable? Okay. Uh-oh. Radko. Ooh. I'm not kidding. Spicy. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about, you're talking, I mean, great, he's a little bit taller than Radko, but you're talking about a right-hand defenseman. And and Ronnie, it's funny, Ronnie is like, he's got, he's always got a big smile on his face. He's he's a very happy dude. Oh, my God. His, his, his interview is like, he's he's about to do a stand-up set. It's but hilarious. <laughs> put him on the ice with the other team, he's mean. Yeah. He's a physical guy. And he's got that bomb of a shot. And I it, it just it strikes me some as something of like a, you know, maybe this is your long I mean, obviously Goodis is gone, but maybe this is your long term Radko replacement in that he brings that physicality, that edge while also having the shot. You know, maybe he's not gonna shoot every single time he touches the puck like Radko did. But there's something Corsi, that, baby. Corsi, baby. There's something there. There's something there and I I agree with you in that I think this is a worthwhile gamble, especially in the third round. Uh, what do we know about Mason Millman at 103? Because he's like the one guy about whom there is nothing. <laughs> and yeah, like, pe- like players who were drafted after him, plenty. He's just the one. This was this was the one pick that like at the mo in in the moment it seemed like a reach, um, just based on public like you know public reports and reviews of him. The thing that was interesting about him was that in all the public reports you hear, oh, he's good two-way defenseman he's a pretty good skater you know he's just kind of unremarkable on the whole well uh the flyers talking to uh to fletcher and flory after the draft they were adamant that he's a very good skater and that was it was a disconnect between what you know what you're reading in the public reports and what they were saying they were you know yeah he's a great skater and there's a lot of offensive upside that's untapped but we think we can get to it and the fourth round it was a worthwhile you know worthwhile to take a shot at it so he's a guy who I'm going to be watching very closely this week at Dev Camp because I want to see if you know these rumors of his skating ability actually being great are legitimate because the Flyers seem to think that that's the Flyers seem to think that's what that's what everybody else missed on this guy that actually that everybody thinks he's a good skater but actually he's a great skater and because he's a great skater he has higher upside than the rest of the industry believes he has. All right, I'm, I'm we shall see. Gamble um, late rounds. Igor Serdiak. Serdiak. Yeah, that makes more sense, yeah. he, him being Russian and all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just wanted an Igor. Uh, Nashville <laughs> got my Igor at 45 with the pick we gave them for Bobby Brink. So uh, this one, uh, it looks fine. Back you know, Igor. it's a late round Igor. I like that's him. cool. Yeah. Uh, Rowdy Roddy Ross. Here we go. This <laughs> that, is that's my, a wrestling this name. Is my new, this is my new favorite goalie in the system because we already have the excellence of execution, Carter the Hitman Hart. <laughs> if we can get Rowdy Roddy Ross backing him up one day, we have the WrestleMania 8 Intercontinental title rematch as our goalies. I love it. I think that's the way to go this here. This was Chuck um, Fletcher's plan. Yeah, well, that's, that's obviously what it was, yeah. this is what <laughs> Chuck Fletcher's con. going yeah. for here. The long con. Obviously. Uh, and last but not least, this one's this was a great one. Uh, I mean, Mister Mister Minnesota Ho- Mi- Minnesota Mister Hockey. It's a weird award. Bryce Brodzinski at one ninety six, uh, high school kid, just uh, won there. You know, best high school player award. Um, if you look at that list, I mean, there's some recognizable names on there. I, I, I loved uh, NHL Flyer from Twitter. Like tweeting out the, I think uh, I think Chuck Fletcher is addicted to alliterative names. Yeah. <laughs> we got four guys with the same first first letter and last letter. Oh wow! You know who they would have Roddy Ross, Mason yeah. Millman, Bobby Brink. Bobby Brink. That's funny. As Maybe hell. he thinks one of them's a superhero. <laughs> yeah, that is like yeah. the superhero thing. Yeah. They all have the same yeah. the same letter that starts first name and last name. 
So something weird. I, it sounds like we had a good draft. I mean, every draft ever I, I is like the, the greatest draft. draft but I like, like the draft. I, Last year, it sounded like the Flyers, honestly, outside of Farabee, didn't have a good yes, draft. I, yeah. Yeah. This one seems, and that was, I mean, Hexy's thing was drafting. Yeah. This one seems like Fletcher knocked the first one out of the park. Odd little thing here. York is from Anaheim. Bor- uh, Brink was born in the purifying waters of Lake Minnetonka. <laughs> there Adder- you go. Adder is from Michigan. Brzezinski is another Minnesota boy. Four of our picks, <coughs> four Rock of our seven eagle. picks Americans. So Chuck Fletcher hates Canadians. We yeah. Call him. yeah. Well, they fought. Millman was, I think, the first. So this was actually a trend that um, <laughs> was, I believe, it was like the first Canadian. Millman was the first Canadian they took in like two years. Because mm-hmm. I don't think they took a Canadian last year. Wow. That's uh, wild. Um, I know we love Russians. I know we love Swedish defensemen. Do you say why, Wiley? Do we? No, but he's uh, he's from Everett. He's from uh, oh, Washington. Okay. So he was American too. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think they, the last Canadian they took was in two thousand um, was in uh, two thousand seventeen. Uh, one thing too that you kind of hinted at is that when they were with the Wild, they did tend to take a lot of people from Minnesota. I was going to yeah, and, and, and yeah. you kind of wondered like, is that just because they're there and it's a fertile it's the recruiting state of draft? hockey? But like, they they kept doing it. And they've even traded, like, Braun is from Minnesota. Yeah. Like, they've definitely stuck with the whole Minnesota thing. If that's a thing, it's going to bother me. So we'll see if that keeps... <laughs> well, like it, it. it may just be residual. Because, like, obviously, if you're in if you're in Minnesota... Yeah, for the next couple drafts. Yeah, the next yeah. couple drafts, because they were scouting all these kids thinking they were part... They were going to stay with the Wild, not thinking they were all going to get fired. Yeah. Um, maybe that, you know, kind of ends slowly as they get more ingrained into this area. But maybe it doesn't. Maybe they just like Minnesota. So Three years, everybody's going to be nicknamed Tony. They all grew up in Jersey. That's all about the Flyers, yeah. That'd be great, actually. <laughs> so moving on, as I continue to choke to death. Yeah, you the doing San- right there, Bill? Yeah, the Sandheim... Co- <clears throat> yeah. The Sandheim contract... The Sandheim contract, a two-year bridge. A bridge. Uh, worth uh, $3.25 million a year. It's a $6.5 million total value contract. <sighs> okay. <sighs> Yeah. It's I'm, I'm, listen. It had to get done. This is about what this is what people are expecting, right? They had to bridge somebody, and you were saying before that the twins model had Sandheim getting the bridge. Well, right? the the twins model, evolving Wilds model, had both Sandheim and connecting getting bridges. Oh, okay, um, which my, I, I mean could happen. My argument was that if you were going to long term somebody that wasn't necessarily didn't necessarily have to be long term, I was hoping it was going to be Sandheim. I would have rather long term. Sanheim than Provorov, yeah, but I know I'm in tears. a minority. Well, I, I just think the thing with Provy is that, and it's not a guarantee that he gets long term. Like I think that's what they want to do, but if they just can't come to an agreement, they could always fall back on the the bridge deal. Um, the thing with Provy is that guys in his position, you know, guys that are used like number one defenseman, yeah. top pair defenseman on their ELCs, they almost always sign long term yeah. extensions after the ELC. So there's just a higher degree of precedent. Yeah. For a long-term extension for a guy like him, whereas a guy like Sanheim, there were like two different paths. There's guys who have gotten the long-term deal. There's guys who have gotten the bridge deal. And the Flyers, you know, I, from from the people I've talked to, I do believe they tried to go to go long-term, um, particularly in the weeks after the season ended. I think they uh, they tried to, to come to a long term agreement. They didn't do it. Just like no, I'm not. Well, stupid. Yeah, good well, for him though. Well, because... well no, I, I mean, like he was open to it. Yeah, okay. I think he was. It wasn't like Sanheim just you know put the you know put the caboose on. It was like no, I'm only going bridge. Like the two sides talked, and they couldn't they couldn't bridge the gap. 
and they were like, all right, well, you know, we'll we'll cut off negotiations for a bit. We'll revisit this at a later date. And then I think what probably happened was the Flyers started spending all their cap space, and then suddenly it didn't make sense for the Flyers to have Travis Sanheim with a $5 million cap hit on their books for next year because it would have just crunched things even further. So the Flyers were probably like, okay, the long-term contract doesn't make isn't as attractive to us anymore. Let's get this bridge deal done. And then they did. I just, like... Like you said, the guys like Provorov get paid because that's they get the long term yeah. and they get paid because they've been getting used like number one defenseman. Yeah. So the idea that he might get a little too much or a little too long or whatever, that's just kind of, I'm like, yes, this is what's going to happen. Ivan Provorov, hopefully he becomes a top pair defenseman. We think he is. All things are wonderful in Flyerland. Sandheim, the, the hope of a long term to me was just yo, what if he's as good or better? This could be where we get that great value like yeah. we had. That, like was, we, that was kind like of Like we hope. thought we had with Ghost, like we have with Sean Couturier, yeah. those, yeah. oh yeah, you remember how Wayne Simmons was making less than $4 million to score 30 goals? Exactly. Like that exactly. sort of thing yeah. there. That's what I was hoping for. For like me, Sanheim, I... already a 30-point player, and he had one full year. Like yeah. that, this He's had one full year in the NHL. I feel like, for me, I think Sanheim is more of a sure thing than Provorov, and the only reason he's not able to make that case for himself is because Dave Haxtell didn't play him. Yeah. It, which kind of like, yeah, you know, fair. he did us yeah. a favor a little bit because we saved some money, but like, I'm more confident in Travis Sanheim turning out to be the player that we think he's going to be than I am in Ivan Provorov right now. Think about where that's... I don't disagree with you, yeah, and I hadn't realized that though, anyway, until yeah. just now. And go back a year. Yeah, I mean, I never would have thought that that was the case, but <laughs> like shit, I just worry that the one really good year. I'm not saying he's going to be bad, like by any stretch. I don't think he's going to be a bad defenseman, but the idea that he's going to be like a a Brian Leach. Very good number one defenseman <laughs> for his entire yeah, yeah. yeah, like Cam York. Like Cam York is it's obviously going to be a Cam be. York style defenseman for his entire career, and he's a, a like it's rumored that he wants north of eight million dollars a season. And it's just like if he's not that, and we sign him for eight and a half a season for the next eight years, that's going to be a problem. So I don't think. I don't think he gets over eight. I mean, I, I certainly. Don't I, think I, I, I think. I think the idea behind that is that. Theoretically, if if you wanted to sign him for eight years, maybe that's the realm you're talking about. But I've always been I've always had the the opinion that he probably comes in around six, which means the cap hits lower. Mm. Like because the more years you tack on, the more UFA years right. you're buying out, the more money you have to give him in the back half, and and then therefore the cap hit average annual value goes up. So I don't think he gets to eight because I don't think they they ultimately give him eight years. Um, but I think he gets six and I think he, I mean, I, my, my assumption is that like, I think a fair value deal for pro overall is something like six years, six and a half mil a year. But I think he's going to get more than that because I think his side is going to drive a very hard bargain. Yeah. So I, so I think he'll, he will get more than that. His side does check off a lot of boxes when it comes to the hockey man mentality too. Oh, so I think sure. he's going to work that into his leveraging. Well, it's just so, like it, number one minutes. Yeah, well, that's the big. The big yeah. thing is the minutes. The minutes is the big thing because all of his compare. When I did this this analysis in the beginning of May, I did Sanheim, Konechny, and Provorov. And the thing with Provorov that made it tough was that if you looked at like things like point totals and everything like that, you know, he was comparable to guys like Dougie Hamilton, you know, and. Uh, uh, Hampus Lindholm and guys like that. But the one thing that set him apart from those guys that made it 
a little bit tougher was that he got a lot more minutes than them. Now, you could, one could argue that guys like Dougie Hamilton were more efficient in the minutes they got, but Provorov got more. And it's not hard for an agent to be like, well, if you're going to play this guy 25 minutes a night, you got to compensate him for playing 25 minutes a night. That that's that's a legitimate argument that an agent can make. Now, whether he should have been playing 25 minutes a night is another story, but he was. He did. And that happened. And the his agent is going to likely make the case that he should be compensated for that degree of trust that that the coach has placed in him. This is what I need the salary cap to go away. I need it to go away because mm. this is the kind of stuff that pisses me off no. because like I want these guys to get paid. Yeah. Like, yep. the labor should be getting a larger share of the money that this league makes for sure. But the whole reason that I don't want to give Ivan Provorov $8 million is because it handcuffs us because of the stupid cap. Uh, the finances of this league are so it's ass backwards. It's yeah. like, it's so. Uh, the players don't even make what they get, like, what Cap Friendly says they yeah, make not because even close. of escrow. Like, it's a goddamn joke. Uh, what's with the expansion draft? Um,. People yeah, are talking about how this makes him Wait, ineligible for the something, how he's not, we I, don't have to protect him. I don't know. I read something online that since he technically won't be under contract when the expansion draft happens, that we wouldn't have to use a protection slot on him. Is this correct? I don't believe so. Because I, I, we I, have I, to I believe, Lawton, right? Yeah, I, believe, oh, yeah, okay. so I think the way it works is, and I didn't even hear about this. I, this is why I probably should have read the outline. No, I, I think it's wrong. But yeah. the reason why I think it's wrong is that before the expansion draft, I believe you have to submit qualifying offers to your RFAs, and Sanheim would be an RFA after the exp- expiration of this contract, okay. and therefore you would have to protect him because theoretically the the expansion team could select his rights okay. from you and then try to work out an RFA deal with him. They wouldn't be they wouldn't be selecting the player under contract, but they would be selecting the rights to that player, and they could choose to do that in lieu of a contract being signed. That I believe. Sense. I'd have to go back and, and refresh my memory on exactly how the rules were, but I don't think this actually protects the Flyers from not having to I didn't. That's. I wasn't sure, but I thought... I just, I just read remember, it, so I put it down. I just thought I remembered Lawton being an RFA, and we uh, we had to protect him. Um, so we've got about $17 million left for Provorov, Konechny, and Lawton, and, of course, a backup goalie. They did not QO Justin Bailey, so RIP the Taylor-Lear trade. Um, hey, you know, he got a lot of uh, – got to see a lot of the sights between Allentown he and sure Philadelphia. Did. I mean, all of those trees, man. Oh, man. I bet you he went to a number of uh, fighting fields. I mean, there's the uh, – there's, like, the water tower that says Alpo on it. That's in between, right? Mm, yeah. I mean, that's a sight. What the hell are they? I I keep I keep asking this, and nobody has an answer because the none of the answers are good. What the hell are they going to do in net? So and because that a, leads us to our schedule. Yeah. Yeah. Seventeen back to backs. We don't have a backup yeah, yeah, goal. Somebody at the NHL is just being a dick. They're like, like they yeah, don't seriously, they don't. just do that. Yeah, back them up. Because that's seventeen starts definitely right there. I. Unless Maybe. you want to kill Carter Hart. Yeah, I mean, Carter Hart's a young guy. Hopefully he can take it. I don't want to Dave Haxtall Carter Hart. I, what are they going to do in net? So my my opinion throughout this whole process was that I believe that the best two options were two guys they already had mm-hmm. the rights to, which were Cam Talbot and Brian Elliott. Here we are. I will be willing to add that I would have... 
I wouldn't have an issue if they were to work out a deal with Florida where Florida retains salary and they bring in James Reimer. I would have a problem with that. That right. that works for me. I like that better than the McElhaney thing. But yeah, beyond those three, like a lot of you are saying Curtis McElhaney, and McElhaney. I, I oh, and cool. I and I screamed this at DevCam today. I will scream <laughs> it again. He's thirty six years old. Yeah, like I old like him. Thirty six. He's not going to hold up. No, he he's he's never had a season where he's played more than thirty three games. Oh, he's Michael Neuvert. But, but, but it's not because he's injury prone. Yeah. It's just because he just he's, ne- do it. he's yeah. never been that guy. Not, and you're going to no. ask a 36-year-old to potentially stand in for Carter Hart if he has a, a struggling sophomore season? Like, we're really going to do this? And the only reason why people want him is because they look at his save percentage in the last year and the year before, and they're like, oh, he's good, right? He's better than the shitty Cam Talbot. It's like, yeah, Cam Talbot has a, had a crap year last year, but I'd still rather take the chance on him than a 36-year-old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, as much as I think this season depends on Carter Hart more than anything, um, they play 82 games, and goalies typically don't play that many. He can't. Generally so, not. Generally not. So, even though they don't even move, I don't like, know why they're so lazy. 17 back-to-backs. Uh, this schedule, for the sixth straight year and ninth <laughs> time in 11 seasons, the Flyers start away from home. Can I just rant about this, this for a, a second? A, the Prague thing, it's cool and all. A couple of my friends are going... It's it counts as a home game. Oh great! They Thanks, only guys. get forty home games this year. That's fun. Um, they start. Why is it always us? And and, and it's not even it's not even it's just on it's I not agree. even just on the road. It's always the fucking West Coast swing. <laughs> yeah, it's always so not PM. only does nobody give a shit about the Flyers no. heading into the season. This is very you accurate. can't watch their first five <laughs> games because you have a job and yeah. have to go to so sleep. You, it's so it's true. Just you wake up and check your phone and go, oh, oh Flyers cool. started the season oh three and four. Well, yeah. <laughs> I didn't not even know what was happening yeah. because the games didn't start till go birds. I guess I don't understand how it can happen every single twenty eight. 2018-19 at Vegas at Colorado to start the year. 2017-18 at San Jose at LA at Arizona at or at Anaheim at Nashville. 2016-17 at LA at Arizona at Chicago. <laughs> this year at fucking Prague. Prague. <laughs> That's a real wild card. Although, will that be like an afternoon game? Can I yeah. watch that? Yeah, but it's on a Friday. Every, oh, God damn. Yeah, everybody was like, oh, work day. We're tired of starting on the West Coast. We're like, oh yeah, you're tired of the West Coast, huh? Check yeah. this out. Fuck you. Europe. <laughs> All the way back in 2015-16, at least they were in the Eastern Time Zone in Tampa and Florida. 2014-15 is the last time they only started with one road game, and it was at Boston, followed by three home games. Of course, they lost them all. Uh, Twenty, You have to go back to 2013-14. It's, un- it's unreal. Unreal. 2013-14, they started home versus Toronto oh, before yeah. going on the road for two. To be fair. 2013, coming out of the lockout, they started... Home versus Pittsburgh. That's it since 2009-10. To be fair, we do have a nice spicy game against the New Jersey Devils in between Prague <laughs> and the West Coast. That's going to be fun. Like, well, I, spicy now. We're going to see Jack Hughes and P.K. <laughs> Subban. P.K. Subban, Nico Heeshear. Oh, what a, what a team. Yay. What a, my boy, it's, it's, Will Butcher. It's mind-boggling to me that for six for now six straight seasons the flyers will not start in philadelphia nine like, out of 11 like either either this is intentional and it's intentional because they figure well flyers fans will show up whenever so we can fuck with them not anymore. or it's just and i agree with that but <laughs> or it's just a computer just like someone secretly programmed the computer to hate <laughs> flyers fans like no. it's it's literally like greg wachinski programmed the computer i do think there's something to oh you know what 
if we start them in L.A., we're going to get a good rating in L.A., which is a huge market, and in Philly. Yeah. Win-win. Yeah. I, I, like, if, if, if there's a strategy to it, that could be I think there's something to that, it. but when it's like, oh, yeah, you're starting in the Czech Republic, like, that's fun and all if you want to take the trip, but I'm not, <laughs> so. Yeah. How do they one-up it from here, though? China. China. Yeah. Yeah. I was I'm, not, moon, in China. I, I'm not even being facetious. I <laughs> Start in like, China and then play like two weeks on the West Coast. Like within the next five east. years, they'll be starting a season in China and I, the Flyers will be involved. That's and, not and, a question and in like, my mind. We're not even being hyperbolic because Micah has that metric that he does where it's like tired <laughs> versus not tired games. Oh, yeah, and we're right. the absolute worst one and it's not close. Second last over the and last listen. 12 years too. I think the Sabres yeah. are the only team that's worse. Yeah. And listen, the schedule's the schedule. You you start and end on the this, same. Oh, day. this is not an excuse There's for when the Flyers games, come out next you year. You gotta yeah. win more than you like. I'm not making excuses. Just irritating. Just in terms of <laughs> what irritating. I gotta do. Honestly, yeah. in terms of what I gotta do. I did 70 solo shows last year. I, I don't like doing them two nights in a row. It's a pain in the dick. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I, I know, Charlie, I, I, I have to go to the game. I, I have to go to the game or <laughs> write I mean, an article. <laughs> regardless of whether I'm at the game, I still have to write 3,000 words about Charlie, each one. Yeah. Charlie writes novels about every game. <laughs> and he gets to do it at 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, start they the start season. Yay. Prom. Welcome back, Chuck. <laughs> I just, Stay oh, until God. Five. Uh, oh, Jesus. So I guess let's get to, I want to call him Phil Hartman. That's not right. Ryan Hartman for uh, Tyler Pitlick. I, whatever, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I literally, I, I just liked literally Hartman. I thought, could not. I just thought that Ralph Lawton Hartman had the makings of a good fourth line. It sure did, but maybe Pitlick does too. But then Hartman didn't get qualified by Dallas, so it's yeah. like, yeah. does it? It just it strikes me as so he was in a position where he's arbitration eligible, and it seems like, and I I I really need to do this, but the last seven days have been just such a whirlwind with traveling and everything. I just haven't had the chance to figure it out. I believe that the amount of money that he would have to be qualified at is actually pretty high, especially for a guy of his, yeah. of his quality. And basically, it seems like I don't know. I don't know about the Flyers, but it, apparently Dallas was scared to qualify him at that because they were afraid he would accept the Q, the, the qualifying <laughs> offer, and then they would be over. They would be what they deemed to be overpaying him. And maybe that was the Flyers' reason for trading him in the first place because they weren't going to qualify him anyway. So it was like, let's get a a good because Pitlick is fine. Like Pitlick is, I think Pitlick is worse than Hartman. I Hartman has higher upside, but Pitlick is a perfectly adequate fourth liner. We're not talking about Dale Weiss here. He's yeah, he's fine. he's averaged ten goals in under thirteen minutes a game the last three seasons. So like, he's fine. That's something. Wait, <laughs> did Harmony get traded pretty much because there were two GMs who were afraid he was going to pull like a gotcha move and accept the qualifying? Yeah. I think it's possible. Remember, um, that really, okay. I think it's possible. Right. Who did that I mean, to the that, I'll take that as an explanation because, again, I feel like with each move Fletcher makes, it gets more and more into the realm of what? Or like, <laughs> what, like what is this? Jeremy like, Hellickson? Like, for Hartman, what is, like, what is the actual reason? Jeremy Hellickson did that to the Phils a couple years ago where they just offered an arbitration. He was like, yup. Yeah, yeah, because it was, the, it was for like, the draft pick yeah, competition, yeah. right? It was draft pick competition. Yeah. yeah, and it was like, like no, I'll some, take that. He got like 17 million bucks to be like the worst good pitcher hey, in baseball. It's good work <laughs> if he can get it. Yeah. So good for him, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, no, it's he scores an even strength a little bit, plays under 13 minutes. So like maybe Pitt looks good if he stays healthy. I, yeah, I, I don't know. know. I just yeah. liked Hartman. I don't know. Well, yeah, the thing with Hartman, and I, I talked about this in the yeah, article. No, I don't I want to about. pay him a bunch well, of money. Well, yeah, but, but the thing with Hartman that I think it's it's annoying to see this happen is that, like, in retrospect, that Simmons trade was he could have just kept Wayne was Simmons. awful. Like, yeah, yeah. You, like you let him leave and you you turn Wayne Simmons, who 
over the last decade has been one of the few good things about Philadelphia Flyers hockey. You turned him into a fourth round pick in one year of Tyler Pitlick. Like that is it's it's it's, it's it hurts. It hurts because the whole reason why they took Hartman was this idea that, well, we wanted a player back, and Hartman is in the prime of his career, could potentially be a long-term piece. And you played him for, like, 13 games, and you decided he's not? Like, okay, I guess I guess I'm glad that you decided that... I'm, I'm glad that this isn't a Dale Wee situation where you just kept playing a guy who stinks and just refused to admit that he stinks, but that's, that is a failure of... It, it's a failure of pre-scouting. Because you clearly traded for this guy thinking he was better than you later determined that he was when he played for your team. So it's a failure of pre-scouting because you overrated him. And that's the only way you can look at that trade. They overrated Ryan Hartman. And then they decided he was not as good as they originally thought he was when they made the trade. That's the more realistic spin than what I saw on Twitter a little bit today was that he's really, really good at recognizing his mistakes real early and then correcting them. It's like, well, he kind of didn't really make the best acquisition in the first place, I, I, I guess. I, I, like, think there's, I think there's some there's some truth to that, and I think it's, it's a positive that Chuck Fletcher is willing to fix his mistakes yeah. rather than just stick his head in the sand and say this is fine while yeah, the burns around him. Yeah, I'd rather that than him. three years at four and a half mil. Yeah. Like, but at the same time, the best case scenario is not making the mistake in the first place. That's sure. kind of, yeah. You know what my father always said about mistakes? Oh, no. Don't make them. <laughs> no, I had no I idea where I was going. I, I, I didn't like know where it was going to go. <laughs> There's a lot of directions that could happen. You were one. <laughs> I'm just... I just, came back around. I got as it. I, my, my, uh, my eyes are wandering to this list of UFA goalies. Like It ain't great, fam. Bob, Mike Farley... Smith. Who, who I mean, the, yeah, you, we don't want a realistic option. Yeah, and, and, yeah, and same with... Uh, what's his name? I honestly, you're literally Robin staring Lainer. at his name, Robin Lehner. <laughs> like, I thought the only realistic at... options were the were Elliot and T- like the rest of these guys. I, I mean, like, like I they're the it, best too. I, I, yeah. guess, I guess, Ward, King, no. I guess, Kincaid, like Kincaid, who sucked Kincaid. last year, I, and I mean, theoretically, Mike Smith and Cam Ward, like I think they're bad Mike options, Smith but they're options. Gonna happen. I think Mike, the, yeah, maybe Mike the, Smith turns it around. The the, the like it's finally <laughs> gonna, the season eleven. <laughs> of will Mike Smith turn it around? We'll find Smith, out. Like it's finally gonna come true. We've feared Mike Smith for yeah. like a decade. Oh now. wait, is Peter Morozik a free? Yeah, Peter yeah. Morozik's yeah. available. Peter Budai, Anthony the Emmy, like Peter Budai actually came out and retired. I believe. Picker. I believe. Bill, do not. How pick? Do not speak that evil into existence. Like, we cannot deal with more Calvin Picker. I just Picker. don't know what they are going to do. I see Mike McKenna's name down there. Come out of retirement, like, buddy. Felix the Cat yeah. better be something. Real fast. <laughs> I had someone at work today actually say that. Why don't you just have one of the other kids back him up? What's, what's the worst that I, could happen? I, <laughs> bring him back, I, Tony Stoley. <laughs> Listen, as bad as I think it might be, would it, like is would going to Felix the worst possible scenario here? No. Uh, oh, are we talking about Sandstrom? Yeah. I want ten yeah. goals. I want ten goalies. So do whatever. I want <laughs> yeah, to go with ten goalies. If they start off 0-5 and five next year, like, fuck is, it. Put everybody in that. Do we think and Sandstrom? Do we think? Do we think Sandstrom is worse than Mike McKenna? No. He's definitely better than Pickard. Do we think he's worse than Pickard? Because we started the season with Pickard last year. Yeah. Like, I'm willing to bet he's like better than Peter Buda. Michael Neuvert is made of paper mache. So what do we think is going to be worse? Like, uh, Alex Lyon's going to be the backup for this team. No. They have so few options. I think they're going to get somebody. Do you think the Islanders are going to keep Laner? I would, I would hope they would for them. I mean, I, they're going to try, yeah. but yeah. I think there's other teams out there that Who want, want that want him and yeah. want him to start. Yeah. We the, have a starting no, goal. That, that's yeah. the thing. Like yeah, that's people that that throw out there, like, 
Well, I mean, nobody, nobody realistically throws out Bob. But people yeah. who throw out things like Varlamov I, and Lehner, it's like, yeah. why would they come here? Like, they're free agents who can choose any team. The Flyers don't have much cap space. We're out of money! And they can't offer the number one job because Carter Hart's here. Like, they would never come here. How many teams need a starter, though? Calgary needs a starter. Carolina could use a starter. Uh, Columbus could use a starter because they're going to lose Bob. Oh, the yeah, Islanders could use a starter they because they, they, they lose Laner. There's there's multiple teams that could use a starter. Oh, that was... When do uh when do we think Provorov gets done? Like do we think that's I think it's going like, to take a while. Gonna I think it's going to take a right? while too. Yeah. I think it's going to get to TK? the point where it's like mid August and we're like, what's yeah. happening? I, I, I can so are we are we susceptible? What we susceptible to an offer sheet here? I don't think. Look, if I think if I think if the Flyers <laughs> got, it goes. I think if the Flyers got off, they would there. they would match it. So I, I'm not. It's just not something that worries me that much because I think they would match the offer sheet. Plus, I don't know if there's anybody like Provorov's agent is going to push for a lot of money. I don't know if there's any teams out there who would pay him that, aside from the Flyers. Like right. I just don't. I don't know. I don't know either. I, just, I, I I'm not. I am not concerned about an offer sheet. Let me put TK, it I feel like this is. I, I was gonna say they're there's not going to be any Favreau, offer sheets this summer. No, I'm moving on from offer sheets. <laughs> I'm just TK. Do we think? Do we think that takes substantially less time than yes. Provorov? Yes. I, I I think Konechny's contract. Like I don't know how long it's going to take, but I do not think it's going to take as long as Provorov's. All right, and that is the uh, message of optimism I leave you with. <laughs> Man, I, I, they had a good draft, and I am, they did. I am much less optimistic about this season than I was like a week ago. Uh, well, I, mean, I don't know. How weird. Were you a week ago? Man. Pretty optimistic. Were you? Semi. What happened? That I don't. I don't know. I don't know. That's I, a whole other just, show. I don't know. It's kind of just watching other things happen and go. Maybe the people running this team aren't that smart. I don't know. Maybe we'll they're going to bore us into success. <laughs> that would be bore great. Us into That'd success. be great. Uh, maybe Kelly. Maybe that <laughs> is the message of optimism. I will leave you. Maybe they'll bore us into success. Uh, that's all the time we have for you on BSH Radio this week. Thank you to Kelly. Thank you to Charlie. Thank you to Craig. My name is Bill Matz. Have a great week, everybody.